Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to V with Mike G, the show of life, the show of vodka, entrepreneurialism in Houston, and so much more. Today, we're chatting with the creator of Highway Vodka and the founder of the first black-owned distillery in Texas. That's actually very surprising that this is the first because this is a recent development. But Ben Williams from Houston, really, really great guy, has a dedication to process and learning. He's had so many businesses over the years and talking about his journey and these kind of interesting scenarios that he has. You know, it's his family has a deep, rich history in entrepreneurialism and activism in Houston, and it's great to dive into it further. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Ben Williams. Man, you know, the thing for me that I've kind of found is that, like, when I have, like, certain ideas and stuff like that that come into my head and they just won't leave, you know? Oh, yeah. It just becomes a thing, like, where, and I mean the kind that, like, wake you up at night sometimes thinking about it. And then it, I don't like to use the word obsession, but it is, it kind, is of. kind of obsessive-y. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. and, um, and so what happens is, is, like, I have to kind of like get them out of my head like i must see it through like just to see what this is about and if it was real or not and like um and it's like i said it's kind of like a gift and a curse because you know you don't win them all mm -hmm. you know but but for me when i have an idea that won't leave me alone and that's just really in my heart and mind and it just has been there now this these ideas curate for like over a year or two you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying it's just a thing that won't go away I just have to go ahead and get into it, man, and, and, and try to get it out of my head and make it tangible. And um, and that's often how I feel like when you do that, your your heart is really in whatever it is. Right. You know? It haunts you at night, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been there. And the, the thing that I had a conversation of the day, which I'm curious how you feel about this, but I was thinking it's like, you know, I was raised in whatever kind of way, single mm -hmm. mom for a long time. And mm -hmm. I was like, why now do I care about creating businesses? Right? Yep. And so I said, well, is this some innate thing genetically in me? Mm -hmm. Or is this the situation I've been brought up in? So basically right. nature versus nurture. So you right. you kind of, you have both. But do, do right. you think one's more dominant than the other? I think the nature aspect, as far as I'm concerned, with my family and all that kind of stuff, is that there's kind of a, a legacy of entrepreneurialism, sure. right? Or entrepreneurship, whatever. And uh, so... The, the best thing they ever gave me, well, one of the best things, is just the belief that when you have these ideas, you can go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to be scared to attempt to do things that um, are, are weird, you know, or new or not standard, you know, and just create what you want to create yeah. and live in it, you know. And so that would be the nature aspect of it. 
um or that no that's the nurture aspect of it actually and the nature aspect of it is i just believe like you know by osmosis i'm just doing what everybody in my family's ever done mm-hmm. you know just you just go out there man and you see something you fall in love with something and i'm gonna do that yeah. and then whether it makes money or not hopefully it does but like primarily you just want to it's not about money really it's more nah. about just living in your purpose right and yeah. like wanting to do what you want to do with your time and your life you know and and that's something that you know i've interviewed a lot of second generation third generation distillers and mm-hmm. stuff and i always wonder if there's this because I, I i'm first generation for lack of a better mm-hmm, phrase mm-hmm. right i wonder if there's a sense of obligation that mm-hmm. in a way you have to learn business you mm-hmm. have if you don't follow the did you ever get that sense that you oh, like yeah. over the yeah, family yeah. pressure yeah, yeah well not family pressure at all um no I, no because my family now there's that's the cool thing it was never any pressure to you know take up any of their businesses yeah. you know what i mean um and that's not really cool sometimes because it's not cool for your family you know say your mom or dad or whoever build up something and and their kids are like yeah you know i want to go and uh, be a veterinarian mm-hmm. you know whatever mm-hmm. right well what about all this like you know what where is this gonna go like, i mean that's not my thing but it's a beautiful thing too to be able to have that freedom to choose that and not you know cause any ill will or anything like that for anybody so i mean you know it's all a gift like i said um and, but see, like me now being a father and stuff, like I, I kind of hope that my kids want to come on in and, and do something with this. But yeah. if they don't, they don't, you know, that's no an, pressure. And that's great because I think there's so much, it's like you follow family lines, mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, your brother's also an entrepreneur. Yes. I'm from Houston as well. But so this whole story, oh, okay. you, I don't want to call Katie Houston, but I will now. <laughs> <laughs> Houston <laughs> Metro. There you go. Yeah, That's good. Yeah. It used to not. Like, it used to be completely yeah, separated. Yeah, it was. I, I won't even get into what the handbook said and the, <laughs> when I moved to Texas. Uh, but, you know, this whole thing starts in Houston. So, wh- which neighborhood did you grow up? So, Fondren Southwest. Okay. Um, yeah. Southwest side of town, you know. Um, you know, went to Lamar High School. Nice. You know, and then from there, you know, on to Howard and stuff like that. So at that point where you're kind of finishing up high school, for me, at least I had this kind of fork in the road, right? Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. do I do music? You right, know? right, 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 right. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So wh- where were you at then? Did you know that that was just going to be the path? You're heading to Howard. You're going to go study operations and that. Yeah. Well, actually, at Howard, I did psychology because I had no idea. Me too. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. a Howard, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, because I just enjoyed psychology. So that's why I just chose a major that. I uh, I would enjoy the homework, you know what I'm yeah. saying, as opposed to whatever. But not knowing what I was really gonna do, you know, um, you know, during that time I was just throwing parties and stuff like that, you know. So I knew I loved that whole thing, you yeah. know. And you can make good money sure. throwing parties, especially back the then. the promotion side of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, charge, you know, charging door door charges and all that kind of stuff. And you walk away with a you know nice little sum of change. So that was when I first. But even before then, like, um, like I was DJing parties in Were high you? school, yeah, and um, then started promoting stuff, then um, events and stuff like for high school stuff, step shows, and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, but even before then, I was selling candy just. For, and I, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like either lawn services, yeah, candy, yeah, or lemonade yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I even sold Playboy magazines a lot. <laughs> 
To who? Oh man, to kids. <laughs> that was bad. It's bad. <laughs> X that out. But we, but we do, we do that stuff when we're younger. Yeah, you I know? was only like eleven, and a neighbor of mine had a stash. His dad came from the military. He had a a garage full of stuff. No kidding. So he would just sell them to me for like a dollar. But the lesson is right. The entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Ran deep and yeah, it ran yeah, young, yeah. right? Yeah, and it was fun. I just liked doing it. It was fun to like just go. I don't even know what I did with the money, especially back then. I mean, my dad would find money in my pockets, you know, and he just assumed that he gave it to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, I mean, it's not like I could run out and buy anything. I'm 11 years old. That's you know? right. But yeah, so. What were your folks, because I know, you know, your great grandmother is a well-noted civil rights mm -hmm. activist, first tech businesswoman in Houston mm -hmm. and all that. But would your your folks at by that point when that kind of entrepreneurialism had been distilled down a little bit? Mm -hmm. What my what so industries my were they in? Parents, uh, father is a lawyer. Okay, and my mother is an educator, and she founded a, a school. You know, which you school. work in the the board in the or something. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yep. So you, I mean, you've got just such a lineage of this stuff, and I mean, I I, so, yeah. I wish that I did in a sense, right? Like I. <laughs> I can't, I don't even, I go back to generations, I don't even know where the hell I'm from. Really? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I could kind of say that, depending <laughs> on how many generations you want to go. But that's yeah. true. But yeah, I mean, um, and I think that's that's just it, though, just kind of growing up around people that were doing their own thing, and wide-ranging things, yeah. you know, um, from, golly, from the traditional doctor lawyer stuff to, you know, restaurant owners to, you know, hardware store owners to whatever right just mm -hmm. entrepreneurs period it just i just seemed like what it is it never really came in my mind ever i can say this with the fact that i ever thought about okay where am i gonna go get a job like that was never in my head yeah the one time I, I brushed against possibly getting a job was um i was doing an internship in college at ea sports oh nice yeah on madden yeah, no, okay. so I won everything. By the way, I was the best that year. It was <laughs> irrefutable. But um, so I won the company tournament and everything. Oh, geez. But they offered me a job um when I finished school to come back out and work, and uh, their and their their catch point at that time was uh, you after seven years with the company, you get an all expenses paid trip anywhere in the world that EA has a site for two weeks, right? And I was like, well, my older brother, who's also an entrepreneur, I just gotten back from that Christmas holiday before that summer of that internship with him doing, he was doing this festival in South Africa and I was out oh, there wow. with him for like three weeks. Wow. I was like, I mean, I've already done Two that. weeks? Yeah. Come on. And seven years from now. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was just like, yeah, no. And then the whole corporate thing, they used to come by the cube and say like, hey, have you seen John? And I was like, no. And they was like, you mind if you just kind of let us know when you see him come and go? I was just like, oh, man. You know, yeah. the vibe of it just, it just wasn't, it just didn't So you knew, fit me. you knew that, that yeah. whatever kind of, you can call it a cage, we can call it a box, we can call it cubicle, mm -hmm. but that was not going to nah, be your I career. Couldn't do it. Even though I loved working there, obviously it was great. But like, yeah, no, nah, I just knew that the, the way that it worked and I was looking at the guy who was, you know, over where I would be if I came in and he was like probably like 15 years older than me at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if he's still here, I mean, I, I'll never go anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, so I just, it just didn't fit, you know what I'm saying? So I just, uh, I never, I never thought that way. And so 
never looked back either. No. You know, kind of moving forward. And then one of the, the gigs that you had, I think, when you were still in D.C. was doing artist promotion. Is that right? Yes. Or what same kind of promotions that you were doing for DJs and parties? In yeah, Houston? just 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 booking a club and promoting it and standing at the door and collecting, you know, and just mm -hmm. having a good time, you know, basically. And then from there, it kind of went to doing like proper concerts and venues oh, really? and stuff like that. Did you do any cool. artist management ever? Man, you know, I played with that, but I just couldn't get into it. It's you different. know, it's different. And I mean, and at the time it was, uh, I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. You know, it was, it was too much of, uh, you know, managing people's expectations. It, it's a lot, you know what I'm saying? It's personalities, not the yeah, figures, right? exactly. And, and you know what they want, they expect of you and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was too much for me. So what brought you back? After this kind of nice stint in D.C., finishing up your degree, mm -hmm. was it home that called you back? Was yeah, it a basically. project? Family or was it the, the restaurant? Family. Yeah. Just, just because, I mean, Houston is where my roots are and connections were. And, mm. I mean, maybe I was just being lazy. I didn't want to go carve out a whole <laughs> new life in a different city. Sure. You know, like uh, my older brother, he did that, you know, and he, he's, he made it. But, like, for me, um, yeah, now I, I just wanted to kind of ease it a little bit, you know yeah so yeah and i just went home and um the first thing i started was a janitorial services company. no kidding mm -hmm. did you feel like the, the time toilets. at Howard? and both of us know working at a distillery mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is no shortage of getting our hands our arms our feet at and all. everything else dirty man or burned or burned oh. <laughs> especially burned <laughs> right or start right. a fire God right, forbid. Right. i haven't done that oh i did that one time that was yeah, knock on wood. Yeah. But but that's something that I think is also at the foundation of entrepreneurial spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Is that we lose sleep over the thing we're passionate about mm -hmm. and at any cost, right. we'll make it happen. Whether yep. that means I got to go roll my sleeves up yep. and put my hands in dirty lactic yep. acid water or whatever. Right? Yep. Yep. And, and because people... Did you ever think about what the perception is of you starting a janitorial company? Oh yeah, man. I have a great story about the So like I um I? Yeah, okay. Without naming sure. organizations. Um I was fortunate to land some, you know, decent contracts or whatever. Um you know, just out there hustling it up or whatever. <laughs> and so one client that I had, uh they had a um a Dang, I forgot what it was called. Young professional. You know, they had those little organizations. Sure. Yeah. Young professional organizations. And um, so, but in this particular account, I would just clean that one literally myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. Yeah. Because it was, it was, you know, that was like my little honeypot account. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I could just run through there and knock it out myself. And so they're having this meeting and they had a lot of, you know, beautiful girls in the thing and everything. Sure. And I happened to come through there one day, man. I was like, dang. So I'm pushing the cart, you know what I'm saying? All this stuff. And I'm just, you know, I'm cleaning the building. I'm cleaning the toilets, you know, vacuuming and stuff like that. And I'll never forget, they've been asking me to join this group a lot. Because uh -huh. I was doing okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was doing pretty good. And so, like, and I was just like, eh, you know, maybe so. I'm not really into that kind of stuff. But um, so I'm up there cleaning. And I guess I slammed the door. And all of a sudden, this guy comes running back up the stairs. And I was just like, what's going on? He's like, hey, man, you know. We're the young professionals. We're having a meeting down there, and you're interrupting, you know, our business and all that stuff. And I was just like, okay, you know, sorry, you know, sorry about that, whatever, right? Yeah. Fast forward, they asked me to do, uh, you know, do a promotion with them and stuff like uh -huh. that. And that guy, uh, they introduced me to him, and he was just like, oh man, you know, whatever, right? And then I'll never forget, like the girls, 
uh, they because he he really went hard on me that day. Yeah. And then when I left that day, and I had just bought this really cool truck, and I pulled around. I happened to be leaving when they were leaving. I'll never forget when the girls just kind of slapped him on the arm, like, "What are you doing?" And then so I threw the party. And Beyonce showed up. Oh. <laughs> and so, because she was a friend of my little brother. They kind of yeah. grew up. And this is at the point, Destiny's Child days or before that? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. she's huge. Yeah. yeah she's, oh, got she's, it. All right. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah. Well, she's not huge like now, but yeah. this was Destiny's Child, you know, right a little bit after that kind of thing or whatever. And um, yeah, she's definitely Beyonce. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah. And so he showed up. And I'll just never forget how he tried to, man, you know, that day, you know, I. I didn't know or whatever. And that's cool. But the thing is, and it just kind of always taught me, like, you can never, like, you know, you don't know who somebody is or what they're doing or what they're capable of. So just always keep it cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't, just keep the, it cool. I don't know what your mantra is, mm -hmm. but my mantra is don't be a dick. Basically. It's that simple. It is super simple. It's the most simple, it, it, you know, that's it. Because you, you don't saying? know where you're where you come from. Exactly. You don't know how well off you are. Right. And people make all these kinds of assumptions. Hey, you don't know if I was gonna punch you in the face either. Right. Yeah, good you know point. what I'm saying? Sure. So like you don't know what you're but you know, he felt very entitled. He was the president of that group and I guess he thought he was on something. And if you ask where that guy is now, I have no idea. And it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? But do you but you still remember that moment? Yes. Because I can I, I want to share a moment with you. I've never mm -hmm. shared this on the show. Mm -hmm. Um so at this point, I went to Portland Cocktail Week, which is a great kind of event, a lot mm -hmm. of vendors and stuff. And again, I seldom share stuff like this mm -hmm. on the show, but I was sharing a bed because I booked too late. Everything was booked up. So sharing a bed with one of the owners of a fine bar here in Austin, Texas. Right, right, right. We've grown to be good friends. And he's kind of a playboy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he kicked me out of the room the first right, night, right, right, okay? Right, right. And so I, a man in his early 30s, two degrees, good job, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. I sat in a stairwell. Sorry, I sl almost slept in a stairwell with a hoodie in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> and people, they just looked at me and they're like, I don't have any change, man. Yeah, I'm like, oh. But, <laughs> yeah, but I'm not. I mean, to the one person that tried to give me a beard, you know, cheers. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. But you see what I'm saying is you yeah. just, you, you, you don't just know, man. expect. You don't know. And it, so it, just be cool. Just be cool. That's it. That's it. And so, you know, project after project, I know you, you've done so much like during COVID times, mm -hmm. there's a dollar, you know, that's the thing that's, that's interesting and also a little difficult for me is that when you do so much, what do I focus on as an interviewer, you know? Mm -hmm. But I want to say that I love that your projects all kind of, they're around creativity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But you, as a, as a man, do you fancy yourself being pretty creative yourself? Oh, dude, you know what? That's really what I fancy myself as because what I am not is a manager ah. at all. That That is totally my my weakness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got I got ideas for days and I got cool ways to execute them. But minutia and detail um, as far as like business operations and stuff, that is my weakness, mm. you know, um, and that you know and then like i yeah that's it you know so i don't know man i mean i would definitely more fancy myself as a creative than sure. um than some you know suit yeah no absolutely yeah. i mean I, <laughs> for lack you of know a we've been word. here i don't know 20 yeah. minutes or something i can i reckon that that's pretty apparent that <laughs> right. you're not a button-up kind of guy you right, know right right when it when it comes to non-business ventures mm -hmm. you know do you have creative outlets for that? Do you paint? Do you write? Do you record? Do you still DJ by chance? No. Mm -mm. No, man. I guess as far as that goes now, 
it still kind of just all dives into like still business you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like it's just kind of what my family like you know we always and sometimes it gets a little nerve-wracking because you know thanksgiving can get weird when everybody's just kind of talking about what's going on at work so to speak oh, and, yeah. and this and that and it's fun to i mean because we love everything you know sure. and so that's kind of where my creative goes like into you know different projects that are going on in my family mm -hmm. <clears throat> and oh yeah you know we could do this and you know and that kind of stuff is where you know th so that's the kind of creative that i'm on now um i used to paint and all that stuff oh really yeah one of my side hustles in high school is i used to make these uh graffiti painted jeans and nice. stuff like that you know they're all cut up and stuff and um so yeah but now i don't really do any of that anymore and i just kind of hang out with the kids and um and then just kind of lend my ideas to whatever we have going on collectively you know yeah and, and and try to help those things come out when you balance is something i think is kind of you know i'm is it what's a man divorced man called divorcee yeah 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 <laughs> or a say? i don't know some, yeah. something fancy right i but, don't want to know yeah <laughs> but i i have time for all this stuff right and i can still balance social and all of that because i don't have kids yeah but i do wonder about the folks that i look up to and the, the businesses that they run and they have so many things going on if they're able to obtain balance so yeah. for you are you able to to get that mental balance some clarity and all that oh yeah man you know it's weird though you do weird things like to just totally shut your mind off because it's, it's hard so yeah i like to play word games and i find like i'll just zone out on a word game and that'll just kind of close off all that noise because the, the the curse of entrepreneurship to me is the fact that you're never off exactly you know especially like if you you're fortunate enough to get to where you own some physical assets like a building or something like that right yeah. or you have a site here or there you can't turn your phone off simply because that thing might be on fire that's right that's <laughs> you know right. what i'm saying yeah, yeah. um and so you know the the just the not being able to turn your phone off is something that i find just a very interesting thing that can be problematic you sure. know what i'm saying because like you just you feel like you're a slave to it in exactly. a sense and um and you just want to you just want you know even if you're out of the country you still have to be able to take calls yeah then as you start to grow and you uh, you know have employees and stuff and you know a lot of every employee kind of thinks they're your only employee right yeah so their concerns are huge to them and you have to address it and stuff but uh and sometimes man i'm not gonna lie sometimes i like I just want to go be like a, you know, like just work. I just want to ride the back of a garbage truck. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then so I could just get off at five. It's and, done. Yeah. yeah. And I'll see you at eight. Don't, don't call me. Nothing. You know, you expect nothing from me except for these hours of my, of my day. And there, there's a freedom in that too. There's a freedom in, on this side. And there's a freedom in that side. And the, the, the gift of it all. And again, of, of, of the entrepreneur side is not always money mm. by no means it's just the freedom to pursue your passions that and you, you're right because you yeah. talk about freedom in one way or the other right whether because a nine to five you're not always passionate about <clears throat> right but you have the freedom to then pursue your passions yep but at the same time if you're nine to five or right. nine to nine right right <laughs> is pursuing the passions maybe that's everything yeah you know? but I, I i get you man sometimes it's like 
I would love to just shake all of these obligations off. Yeah. And just yeah. do whatever the fuck I yeah, want. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and you can. You, that's the funny thing. You can. You can just fuck off as yeah, long as you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only person that's going to suffer, though, is you and the people that are responsible. you're responsible for. Exactly, exactly. But that that's the hard part about entrepreneurship, too, is because really, when you wake up, you don't have to do shit. Yeah, you know, you, I don't you're right. To, Self-paced, right? Yeah, I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. Exactly. But you, if you don't go, that's cool. <laughs> Things are going to slow down and yeah. stop, you know. So um, that's why it's just important to be something that you love to do because you're going to get up and go do that. Well, yeah, you, you know got to be motivated, Regardless, right? Yeah. yeah. By the passion. That's right. You know? Well, there's something, you know, in, in your narrative, which I really I find, I, I love it, man. You were distilling, was it in the garage? Yeah, so started in the garage, and then cop drove by my house and was like, you know, that's illegal. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I was like, okay. And so I moved the still over to my uh, partner's barn. Uh-huh. And uh, he was really into cutting horses and all that kind of stuff. And so we would sit in the barn and just do our first runs and made some pretty horrible stuff like but those are those those are the good old days right yeah, man. you know when I'll you never messed forget stuff up the first time we actually got the still to produce i would bought a little 13 gallon um six column six uh refractionary column still mm -hmm. or whatever six plates and um what was it six i can't remember it was six plates that's funny because that's what we eventually ended up settling back on mm. but um the good old sugar wash yeah i got you man that stuff started coming out you're like it's producing and it was it was coming off at like one like right under 190 damn and it was just like all right we gotta drink it straight off the still oh shit. like we have to initiate ourselves you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. man we put our heads under there oh that was horrible but it was mm -hmm. fun we mm -hmm. never forget that moment to this day or the first time you drink heads because you yeah, didn't realize oh, when you need to cut you know that probably was part of it too because like I didn't even know it had to be head. Yeah, I bet. I just thought about it because it was the first shit to come out. Oh yeah, it's and but I don't know how it came out so hot. I don't. I didn't know anything at that point. I mean, this was literally we had just been boiling water in it, trying to sure. just learn to test for seals and all mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. And then the first time we actually put a wash a mash in there and it actually produced, um, it was just too exciting. Just like you know, let's we got we got we got to initiate ourselves. I dude, I no telling 100%, what we drank, dude. You know, we just landed on the moon. Yeah. Let's celebrate this. Yeah, thing. exactly. You know, I mean, it's exactly. just one of those moments that you record your first song, you have your first kid, yeah, you know, like it's yeah, just monumental yeah. things. How long did it? I know it took you two and a half years roughly to get the federal licensing. Yep. Is it because the location was difficult or it was just. No, you know, that's interesting about, as you know, with uh, setting up a distillery, how you have to have that location before you even. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So weird. Right. And so we were fortunate enough that the barn uh qualified oh. for the location and uh wendell my partner he he owned that free and clear nice so that made it a lot easier that made it a lot easier to stomach two and a half years and it was mainly because of the hemp mm -hmm, component mm -hmm. that, that that we have going on um you know just trying to figure out what that is and rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds of federal testing to make sure there's no thc oh so you were going to the formulas you had to get that yeah, stuff all tested you know out. what i'm saying all that kind of stuff and um no th no this this was that was after just getting oh after getting the permit the permit got it yeah okay. that the product itself the, that you're making yeah, yeah and all that kind of stuff so um <clears throat> yeah it just it was crazy dude but finally got it and um you know then from there you know so that's one monumental hurdle <clears throat> but then the next thing is okay so you have a product that you like and people like but then how are you going to get it to them right so mm -hmm. distribution is the next monumental hurdle and you know i've fell backwardly into an opportunity uh 
after getting turned down by, <clears throat> you know, a lot of companies, um, I just was kind of ranting and raving to a friend of mine and he wanted to call a friend that he knew um, to see, you know, what, what could happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, did he know anybody basically? But that guy was uh, Tom Montague at Silver Eagle, who's now the VP at Silver Eagle in uh, in Houston, which is the Budweiser house. And they're like, "Hey, uh, okay, yeah." It's like, "Hey, um, you know, we're about to start carrying spirits. Like, uh, how would you like to, you know, we, let us take a look at it?" So, oh, I didn't tell you. Like, so before this, like leading up to even applying for the permit at the restaurants and bars and stuff, I would uh, do blind taste tests mm. to see what people thought about what we were making. And um, boom, I was always winning, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what gave us the confidence to actually try to scale up and become a business. I see, it. yeah. And so, so when I got with those guys, I did the same exact thing. I uh, did a blind taste test, boom, unanimously won. Everybody picked Highway, they picked us up. And so that's the funny thing people always ask, like, um, you know, what would you do, you know, differently and i was like man i would have started this business like way early but then i think about it silver eagle wasn't ready to carry spirits there you go yeah i got turned down by the big boys so it probably wouldn't have happened so everything happens when it's supposed to it does man it's yeah. fateful and if you keep putting things out in a positive way those things will return to you but you right. just never know right when but one of the things that you know it's kind of curious about there it takes money yeah <laughs> Was lending an issue for you? I know the, the massive inequality for black businesses mm -hmm. in terms of lending, but maybe you had a really strong entrepreneurial network. Mm -hmm. How was that? Well, to be honest, um, in anything that I've ever done, I've never had investors or or anything, mm -hmm. right? So, like, um, so we just, we what we always do is if we got to start it off small, we got to start it off small. That's just what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, so there was never any go to banks. There was never any, you know, I don't know, you know, trying to get investors or any of this kind of stuff. Because nobody wants to give you money anyway. In the mm -hmm. beginning, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So now everybody wants to Thank God. But like before, nobody. You no. know? So now, man, just start off small and muscle. The, just, just get it done. You know, yeah. credit cards, whatever it is, whatever you have to do. I'm right there with you. <clears throat> yeah, you know, and just kind of like. But fortunately, by then, you know, some of the other stuff was kind of rolling pretty good. And, you know, like, well, my business partner, his his other primary businesses were rolling well. So we were able to, um, you know, set up shop and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Now, did we start off with, we? And, and even with that being said, we started off with not even a fraction of what most people start with. You know what I'm saying? Um, as I kind of got into the business and I would meet people and I would see how they just come out the gate with this. And I was just like, golly, I know, man, that's so nice yeah, <laughs> to right? be able to do, you know, I think we, I, I, I feel like we had a similar mindset getting into it. It's like, all mm -hmm. right, we're going to have a small still, we're going to do this thing. And yep. then when we need a bigger still, we'll get a bigger yeah, still. Right? Exactly. But you know how everyone's telling you, I'm sure as I'm right. pointing my finger, right? Mm -hmm. No, you know, buy the biggest still you can get. I think that's the stupidest fucking advice, Dude, man. Yeah, because I mean, first of all, well, if you just got money to burn, do it. Sure, do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the same thing, like from restaurants and stuff. Like, I've seen people that when we were opening up one site, um, that that come into the game at the same time, like a million dollars, beautiful place, like mm -hmm. has every piece of equipment you could ever want. They out of here in a year. That's right. That's you know right. what I'm saying. There's something to be said for like when you're an entrepreneur and it's your money. Whenever those hard times come, you're gonna figure out a way, and 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 being able to pivot and do that—that's the freedom too of not having investors or banks breathing down your back right. and starting off at a manageable rate, 
that you can afford. That's you know I, what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you this. You know, I love the science of stuff. I, I I'm not. Sh- it sounds like you. You know, you're into process enough. Although not your favorite part. Mine. Mm-hmm. Mine either like operations. Like I want to love. I love to make stuff. Yeah. 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 You know. But this thing about using hemp seeds. Yeah. To nourish the yeast. Yeah. I think that's incredible. Because- so how that happened, and I mean like. And dude, when I tell you, I didn't know, you know, it was, um, like I said, we were just making all kind of weird stuff. And a friend of mine opened a dispensary in California. Mm. I went out there to hang out with him. And that's when I got, um, he introduced me to some friends that were, you know, actually doing some distillations with cannabis and stuff. So he knew enough about distilling at that point to pick up some of the cool things that was going on, like viscosity of the liquid, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, um, we got back home, you know, started ordering every part of the hemp plant just trying to see, you know, how close I could get to some of the things they were doing. Again, just messing around. For you, was it te- the, were you per- pursuing the textural similarities? Yes. Got it, okay. Because it was, was maybe key. a mouthfeel thing? Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really interesting. Like, it was it was just more viscous than your standard spirit. Got it. You know what I'm saying? But it's not, don't don't think thick. I'm talking about, it. it's a very subtle difference. Sure. Um, but you can taste it. I mean, it just had a different mouthfeel, right? And I thought that was cool. Yeah. So... We get home, start playing with hemp, stuff like that. Um, finally nailed on to the, uh, the, the hemp seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, after years of figuring out different ratios and stuff like that. Um, oh, well, the first thing, once we got to the hemp seed, that's when we noticed. First thing we noticed, like, hey, our yields are, you know, when we do a run yeah, on a little 13-gallon right. still, the yields were getting large. We were p- picking up more alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and it was fermenting. A little bit longer, it took a little longer to ferment. <clears throat> and then of course all those oils sure. and stuff that yeah, were yeah. forming in the fermenter. But I didn't I just you know, it meant and like I said, I read along the way I read every book, I watched every YouTube video, mm-hmm. just you know, just teaching ourselves how to do this, right? And so then I started trying to figure out like what's going on with this yeast? I mean, like why are we getting a larger yield? And then I came to find out like that the, the amino acids in hemp uh-huh. were basically feeding the yeast. And so the yeast was living longer working harder and so because you know you've played with those Yo, those yeah, nasty dude. those nasty um nutrients and yeah it's unnatural uh, turbo yeast yeah, and all yeah. the, oh, horrible tasting stuff yeah. comes from that and so yeah so i mean dude it's just i i it wasn't the plan but that's you know what i think's really funny because i was thinking about it's like why because in my head i'm like why does this work i'm like oh it actually has hemp seeds have all three omega acids yep three six nine or is it six nine twelve i don't know yeah but there's like there's so much available hydrogen and stuff mm-hmm. and so the yeast are probably like ooh, you yeah know? and so like i said the yields got larger that was number one and then two um initially what we used to do is like so when you it sits in the fermenter be a thick layer of oil on the top okay and the liquid and then the grain so uh-huh. we used to siphon that liquid off in the middle because it looks kind of like olive oil on top of oatmeal uh-huh. and it's not cool so um but then one day just being lazy because you know racking liquid is it's messy tough. and sticky yeah. we just threw everything in the still the oil the liquid and oh, the grain that's amazing yeah and that was the best stuff we had ever made at that point so y'all do that is that the process yes now, now yeah we just still on the grain that's... the oil goes in the uh you know everything goes in yeah that's incredible that, that oil kind of floats on top of the liquid and the still kind of functioning as like the first layer of filtration mm-hmm. for those vapors so dude yeah. that's I'm, i'll tell you right now i'm gonna give you credit for that because because <laughs> that's something it. called con bagasso and mezcal oh, okay right so they put the agave fiber in the still oh really yeah not okay. no, not everybody does that yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. many many people do that and it's ingenious you start like i, huh. I 
whether it was intentional or not, and I love stuff that's a that's a result of laziness. Yeah. I really do because <laughs> that, that's legit. What it was like seriously, it's such a pain ass right. Yeah, like, you're is. totally right. It is, but that that is truly compelling to me mm. because you are physically putting other cool things in there that are going to come out in the distillate. Just yeah. even the sheer force of the vapor will lift some of those oils out. Exactly, yeah. and so that's that's the cool part about. Um, so like, then it came a whole thing of like you know deciding how many because by then we had experimented with everything from four to 12 mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. uh plates and so i'm um, settling in on six um and obviously collecting the hearts and stuff like that only we were able that mouthfeel that we wanted was there then the, the third challenge i don't know how many we're up to now but <laughs> the uh was the filtration which is this whole of course because you're going to take the oiliness out if you right. do too much right so it was interesting because like when we were on the 13 gallon still days, we were just using Brita's uh -huh. to filter, right? To cut. And um, so when it came time to scale, uh, and you know how filtration, first of all, it's expensive as I shit, right? Yeah. And, as, and it gives you no control over the media that you use. Right. And, the, and, then, and then you don't have time to do just the gravity thing, you know, whatever, right? So we kind of built our own filters mm -hmm. so that we could control the media. And I went to water, whatever place water plant where they give water treatment you know mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of place and um found a cool guy and we started dissecting that brita and trying to see what was in there and he's like, oh i sell that i sell that i sell that you know whatever so bought all that stuff from him went back to the distillery and started just kind of trying to come up with our own little blend of mm -hmm. that stuff and how you want to stack it and so playing with that like do you want to blend it all do you want to stack it what comes first blah 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 all that kind of stuff and then comes down to like adjusting like what's the flow rate right yeah you know and so then playing with that just this is just over time you I know? Do not, yeah I get yeah that. and just trying to figure out like you know what's the right flow rate to leave that body and mouth feel and flavor mm -hmm. the the nuanced characteristics of the flavor that 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 come across from the process that we use so that was really fun to it's, have that control level yeah. of control well and understanding the whole thing. too as an owner right well, yeah, you're getting the minutiae you, you mentioned yeah. that but mm -hmm. so the resulting viscosity the resulting silkiness that's yep. exactly where you want it now. exactly that's incredible yeah and then the cool thing is too is like it just it now is kind of like mcdonald's in a sense because like it the the process from start to finish except for fermentation that's sure. the only kind of fluctuation yeah. but like um after that point is very like step by step by step like do and don't vary that's and right that, that's the biggest thing like um so our new lead distiller is my partner's daughter mm -hmm. and um and it's funny <laughs> like um she's great she has it down and i mean saying? i might add the f i want to see many more black females distilling because yeah. i can't there's not a really big history of it right oh now. no, um, no so no, this no. is a great achievement for y'all yeah 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 for her you know what i'm yeah. saying um but i'll never forget when she first was like when, when we first kind of started leaving her to it you know and i came and she would always like okay come taste you know whatever I'll never forget it. She gave me one. I was like, what did you do? <laughs> and she was like, well, I thought I, I was like, nope, 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 nope. You cannot can't. vary. You can't, can't vary. And like, but yeah, but no, she's been good ever Man. since. She's great, actually. And now, I mean, like, you know, she's really rolling with it. So it's exciting that's, to see. And that and that goes back to that family thing because his daughter 
she's she's into it. Yeah, that's, that's so that's kind of mission accomplished on that. You and, and you don't meet a lot of distillers for one, right? And you sure shit don't meet a lot of female distillers. No, and she's cute. Yeah, that's a good you know? point. <laughs> Which is even a smaller <laughs> thing. You know what I'm I mean, I, I don't know over over well you know through the industry, but I I think I do agree right, with right, you. Right. You know, yeah, it's really cool. Though. So so being you know knowing that the this distilling in Texas has grown just profoundly. And it took us this long to finally have the first black-owned distillery, uh-huh. you know? I mean, is that a source of pride for you? Is it just how, how that works out because it's just your vision? It's after. Yeah. Do you ever reflect on that? <clears throat> oh, man. You know, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I, um, I know I know. kind of what this face you're making. Yeah. You just do. You do. Right. right? I mean, it just kind of... You know, when people ever, it's kind of weird, and I don't mean any disrespecting anybody, but like, um, whenever I get the, uh, you know, so being black question, I don't know how to answer because this is the only experience I know. Right. Right. And so, like, I mean, to me, it's just life. But yes, you know, on a general sense, there is, I guess, you know, a sense of like, this is really cool, but like, to me, also is. It's not cool because why at this point? Right. Like, it's not like distilling is new, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's kind of like, you know, and I have a good idea why, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Sure. But um, it, it's tough, you know, and, and a lot of those hurdles, barriers of entry are tough. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, you know, I have way down in my family, my grandmother used to tell me that one of her cousins or uncles or somebody, they used to you know, distill and run liquor, oh, no like joke. up through Independence, Texas. It's in your blood. We finally found Apparently, out. Apparently, <laughs> I didn't know. Um, she told me that many years ago. But um, yeah, so I don't know, man. I, I guess I don't spend a lot of time on that. Um, and, 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 is it is the mindset more, I know what I got to do and I'm going to do it mm-hmm. and I'm not going to think about it and celebrate myself along the way? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, well, you do want to take time to quote celebrate yourself in the sense of that like every time you see a bottle i see a bottle of highway on a shelf or a bar Mm -hmm. you know like last night i was in san antonio and you know going to these places and seeing people pour up highway and enjoy it yeah that's that's a a celebratory celebratory moment yeah because that's it's like oh that's my little baby you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that was on the stove or whatever and people are enjoying it it's out here and you know, I'll take my kids, like, you know, whenever we see it somewhere in a store, I'm like, all right, see? Yeah. Remember when I used to make I did. This? I wasn't making it up, guys. Right. Like, this is- <laughs> Remember I used to have you stirring that every 10 minutes while I ran back to the store because I forgot <laughs> something? See, look. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Totally cool. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's more the turn on is seeing that thing that we talked about in the beginning mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And growing. And it's like, it's kind of like, they say it's like a kid. You know what I'm saying? I know, so, man. But, I mean, I'm excited about, like, a lot of the things that are going on right now and the way the the industry, I guess, is waking up to, <clears throat> you know, recognizing some of those bar- barriers of entries for minorities in this space because, you know, clearly we have a lot to offer. And um, if, you know, just need to, uh, first of all, to even though it's a thing, you know, and then secondly, yeah, you know, is why not, you know, why not reach back and, 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 um, and dip into a different pool of creativity that, you know, really has not 
been tapped in this industry like that. I mean, you know, you take Uncle Nearest. I mean, clearly there's a lot of legacy huge involved in uh you know, we we've been playing in this game, so why not now? You know what I'm saying? And not just being like fronted, like 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 marketed by, but created by. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It it's just it it, it never felt forced it always felt seamless right but it's like to your point again like why why now why like yeah. why did it take yeah why it like, take like, this long why are we making gin together right, right? right like right. I, th I think about that all the time it's like yeah. why aren't more people just collaborating right not based on the background or the race but like you love this shit right and like that's enough for me let's right. like work on a batch right, right, you know right. I mean? and yeah it's just i think i think people are um but like you know and i need to do better as far as like getting more involved so to speak in, in the industry i guess as as, as a whole mm -hmm. just so busy like I, I, but i want to start going to these conferences and you know and doing all that kind of stuff yeah, and, yeah. and and getting to talk to more people um because that was one thing like i didn't have a lot of people to talk to you know what i'm saying yeah. um in this business i would just have to go on distillery tours kind of like secret shopping and and then i would end up asking so many questions mm -hmm. that they they were like like you like, do this yeah. don't you <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying and like and, you know <laughs> i'll never forget i was uh touring the mccormick's distillery uh -huh. which used to be a hemp processing oh, uh, i didn't know that. business in the very beginning in the 1800s and so so i'm looking around and um you know i'm asking my questions and then we go to the bottling area and it's massive right it's mm -hmm. like the size of a walmart beautiful uh space mm -hmm. like the, that this distillery was on so nice so but as they showed us the fermenters and stuff fermentation area they showed us the stills continuous still obviously mm -hmm. it's mccormick so yeah, whatever sure. but um i was like uh i was just like hey um i kept asking questions questions i was like wait a minute are these where are the other stills you know and they were just like no this is it and i was like i mean this is the only stills on this whole site and they were just like yeah and i was like and those are the only fermenters like those are the batches that's it yeah, this is it. And then you look at the bottling area. And so finally, I was like, but how, how can you make enough to do all of that? And then she was like, look, sir, you're sourced from. I was like, oh, yes. Sorry. Finally. I, I didn't I, I didn't mean to, you know, blow sure. the bubble or whatever. Golden Triangle Energy or whatever. I was just like, oh, OK, sorry. I'm just asking, you know what I'm but, saying? Right, you no ill intent. Yeah. You're just curious. Yeah, because the, the whole sourcing that I at that point I wasn't really hip to that whole thing, right. you know? And so um I just didn't know about it, you know. Like I said, this was when it was just a hobby to mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. And um so yeah, so that that was just funny to to make that realization of, you know, sourcing and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's you know, you can still get really creative by sourcing. Absolutely, right? yeah. And stuff like that. And so uh and it's something that I actually kind of want to start playing with because I would like to maybe create some kind of interesting blends and stuff like that. And like you were saying, uh, partnering on batches and, and figuring yeah. things out, um, collaborate. Yeah, you know, that's all that's it's about, That's basically what man. it is, is collaborating. When, you as a promo when you're doing promoting, right? What is it except to bring like-minded people together to have fun? Right. I mean, it's, just a, different, it's just a different industry. Yeah, you know? that's it. Um, so I got a couple questions left for you. I'm, I'm so glad you're not, which I'm trying to make, Jordan's, We've been trying to make this thing happen for months now. Now we're finally doing this thing. But I didn't know this. Luckily, we hung out and sipped a little bit of whiskey before. But so 
you you don't have to disclose what the name is or anything but you got some other projects in the works yeah 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 so um we have some whiskey coming um this uh for the holidays um same mash bill was just a little bit of rye added to it um aged in um 25 gallon um american oak medium char barrels mm-hmm. uh the battle of it is, and I still haven't decided, I need to hurry up. We need to hurry up. Um, we promised ourselves next week we will decide. Oh, wow. But, like, hmm, I don't know if I want to, because I don't want to skew anything. But, like, you know, like we were kind of talking about out there. Dude, we know. You You got, I know what you're going to say. Some people are into the high-octane stuff, and right. other people don't need that. Right, right, right. So it's hard for you, right, as yeah, an artist. To- it's hard, because, like, you know, the flavors do live. Mm-hmm on the high side of course you know and then like but then you know it's more palatable for for more people on the low so you got and as a business guy that that's when the the art meets the business and mm-hmm. and um and i'm just not to a point to where i could just it's all about art you know at yeah. some point <laughs> you know you gotta be able to pay for stuff but um but yeah so um, but I'm excited about that. It's going to be a very limited release because um, it's not sourced as what we actually made and um, stuff like that. And so, you know, obviously, it's not a shit ton of it, yeah. you know. Um, but I look forward to sharing it with the public and stuff like that. And the, the responses, I'm, I'm doing it the same way we did the vodka. I've been sampling it around. I have one barrel that I constantly pull from to sample mm-hmm, people on mm-hmm. and stuff like that at the various proofs and stuff and getting good reviews on it. So I'm excited about being able to do that. And then um, our tasting room event space, we're going to be opening that um, cool. next spring. Yeah, we've got about eight acres right next door to our current site. <clears throat> and uh, that's where I get to get back into my concert bag yeah. and stuff like that. And um, yeah, man, just kind of all the stuff that I love to do and I have been doing for years kind of all rolled into one. You know what I mean? That's the dream. Yes. Because you don't know when you're past your positive creative past right. taps you on the shoulder. Right. But when it does, you're like, oh, right, I'm here now, but yeah. I can bring this in here yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. That was that was a whole thing. It's beautiful. It's like literally it's eight acres with a creek behind it, and it's like right on um, like 12 minutes down outside of downtown Houston. Oh, nice. So pretty much in the city. Yeah, that's you know? great. Yeah. So I know there's lots of stuff, the, the new what, what's next and kind of wanting to scale. It seems like I keep seeing this product more and more, which is obviously great for you. Yeah. No, not post-COVID. It's mid-COVID, I guess, mm-hmm. right now. But things are kind of opening up. <laughs> Mid-COVID. Mid-COVID, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we don't really know yeah, like, where yeah, the other yeah. side is. We're going to be mid for a while. That's right. <laughs> but so the, my last question for you, and I ask all my guests this, and let's say you're sipping your vodka anywhere in the world, doesn't mm-hmm. matter where, right? And you can sip this vodka with anybody, mm-hmm. living or deceased, who might you like to sit down and have a chat and a drink with? golly dude that's a huge one uh and it changes every day for me yeah personally. it does it does i mean because right now it's kind of funny because uh on the way over here driving up from san antonio i've been listening to this podcast about warren buffett <laughs> so <laughs> right now in this moment <laughs> i would say warren buffett perfect <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah like, man because um interesting dude totally you know what i'm saying like interesting dude and i i love man the opportunity and that's why i, I love what you do too because the opera, I love to talk to people and, yeah, and, and figure out their story and like what 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 makes them tick and, and why this and mm-hmm. why that, you know what lessons you know failure what you sacrifice to do right and like even just like for Warren Buffett it was interesting because like <clears throat> he he sacrificed right 
But what did he sacrifice? What money he sacrificed his relationships mm-hmm. because his wife, he was he was always in his head or working even when he was home. He wasn't President, down there right? in the family, yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. And then he's traveling a lot and blah blah blah. You know, everybody's taken care of, but where are you? And so it's always going to be a sacrifice, dude, mm-hmm. in some way. And so that's what it is. Is like what what sacrifice are you willing? To take or do you even know that you're sacrificed like that's what i would kind of ask him like did you know that your wife was gonna leave you even though they never got divorced right right but i'm gonna she's gonna leave you because you're you know you're just not around and you got all the money on earth but she's like dude it's so weird right yeah to have like 80 percent of the things totally locked in but the things that really matter the ones right. you don't yeah and, and you just don't know like um yeah, and I, that, that's so I would love to have a drink with him today and be like, hey, did you realize what you were sacrificing? Like, like, because you don't know. And his said he might have been like, you know, I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you don't yeah. know. And I would just like to know that kind of stuff. But yeah, so this moment right now today, yeah, I, I would just say that because I love I'm that. fresh off of that. No, <laughs> but that's what this is about. Yeah. right? Like, I don't I don't I don't, probably don't have an answer for it. Maybe yeah. John Taffer has been watching some goddamn much of rescue. <laughs> I know. Um, I like to talk to that dude too. I would too and I've I tried to get him on the show. Really? I've worked with this PR company, but yeah. it was COVID, so we'll, we'll see about that. But yeah. man, but it it's been just a delight talking to you about your story and Thank the, you, man. You know, all I the chapters it. and stuff. It's man. like therapy for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one psychology major to the next. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. Um, now my dad convinced me to not, and so I've got a business degree. <laughs> but I sure shit tried to do yeah, yeah, clinical yeah, yeah. psychology. But yeah, I can't wait to see. I was, I'll head to Houston here soon and we'll all hang out. I'd love to yeah, see the new sure. spot and everything. Yeah, definitely, so, man. I look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, cheers. We'll talk. Let me know, man. You got it. We'll talk soon, yeah? Yes. Cheers. Yep. So there we have it. Ben Williams of Highway Vodka. I think if you know me or have been listening to the show over the years, you might get a sense of how I personally feel about vodka. This is maybe the first vodka that I really enjoyed drinking. The use of hemp seeds and all that oil that's in the distillate once you taste it it's just delicious and it's great to sip with ben and talk about his journey i really want to get down to houston to see the distillery i think he might have mentioned it but he's working on some whiskey and i can't wait to taste that too especially with that brain and that palate of his so thanks everybody for listening to show to v with mike g no matter how many movies you watch during the month of october or if you're thinking man it's good to be back on the podcast please keep dancing (laughs) 